Hi. Hey, Ken. Do you remember me? It's Mickey. (laughs) (laughs) Who? You know, you're better. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Better than what? Ezra? Or Ezri? What? The joke is that Better Than Ezra was a band back in the 90s. Oh. But Ezri is a character in Deep Space Nine. Therefore, combining the two makes an amazingly dated joke. The 90s? When was that? Wow. It was a totally different time. We all had pagers. <laughs> God. We adjusted tracking. Where's Scott? California. <laughs> um, I'll be right back. Is he at a Memorial Day party again? God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, judging by Twitter earlier, he did seem to be under the impression we had replaced him with Buzz, so I'm not sure if he understood he was supposed to be on tonight. Really? I told him there was plenty of room inside Buzz for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. (laughs) Let's see what's happening on Twitter. Let's all spam Scott. Yes. New tweet. Address to Hoot. (laughs) (laughs) Subject. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) If I had his phone number, I'd start texting him. What would you text him? Does it matter? No. Oh shit, they're making a Space Channel 5 figure. Space Channel 5, that was from the uh, Sega Saturn? Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Voiced by live-action anime girl Apollo Smile. I remember that. That was one of those completely failed consoles. Yes. Uh, What was a completely failed console? The Dreamcast. Uh, Ah, They're at the Wii U. Ah. I mean, I want to say I like the Dreamcast better, but at the same time, I, you know, only own, like, three games for it. Yeah, I mean... And one uh, of them was uh, a Gundam uh, game, so it was kind of an obligatory purchase. Ah, uh, so one we, of them sold... We, we, Ow! We damn it, Ken! Hi, Fort Max. <laughs> <laughs> oh, How are you? Was, my ears are ringing right now. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, take out your earrings. Ha! Huh. Oh! Clever wordplay. Oh, That's right, it's podcast time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make jokes. Podcasts, the final frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek, alienate even more listeners, and boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. A code of honor protects one, Captain, like a magic cloak. Hey, Mickey. I hold you breathe fire. I have eyes as black as coal. Scott. It's not like he was like, ooba I love fried chicken or anything. I mean. And Fort Max. Husky. 
așa. <laughs> oh. It was such a senseless death. This... I fell asleep during this thing. True story. So did I. <laughs> um, I mean, episode, I guess this we... episode made my power go out. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll get into it more, but it's just so... Like, even for a season one Next Generation episode, it's very just... Nobody very, wanted to be oh, there. Oh shit! We gotta write something to write this character out of the show. Like, they really, like, no, have, they really should have used Planet Africa for this purpose. <laughs> I guess so. At least they were trying. Then well, they should really use Planet Africa for every purpose. Tasha <laughs> <laughs> yes. could have just been now. Like, one thing is now, what was what the heck was up with the uh, Michael Dord's makeup the first season? Uh, they didn't know what they were the, doing. Yeah, exactly. What was, what was up with Data's makeup the first season? We well, just spray parts of them and you just call it a day. <laughs> it's just that first, first season wharf looks so weird. Yeah. Well, part of that's the hair. Yes. Also, this is uh, that one episode of Star Trek where we're talking about Skin of Evil from season one. And we might as well just go into the show since we're actually talking about show relevant stuff right now. Unfortunately. <laughs> and as you can hear, we have Ken with us this week. It's a special treat. Yay. Like licorice in a jelly bean bowl. Wait. I like licorice. Licorice, I? licorice isn't oily enough to represent Ken, though. Ooh. Gee, thanks. <laughs> no, no, he's not oily. That's why he needs oil. Yeah. Oh. He's thirsty. Like your mama's hair. Well, there's plenty of oil in that. That's why he gets up at 6 a.m., because he likes to be oily in the morning. No, the, the, the point is, if they, realizing that they... Chose me for this episode simply because there's something that looks like an oil monster in this in this thing. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I and you know that... this episode this week, right? What? What for me? What? Because it's Memorial Day. Yes, we have to honor our fallen veterans. <laughs> oh, in the wow. Um, oh, I, the same reason we did the Yellow Four episode when we did. Did we do that for Memorial Day? Was that on Memorial Day? Because I don't think we ever made reference to that. No, I don't think we did. No, we didn't. Oh, I know no we didn't. Four. I'm pretty sure we didn't make reference to it. I can't say for sure if we did that on Memorial Sadly, Day. Sadly, this does not live up to Yellow Four's legacy in any way, shape, or form. No, it really doesn't. Also, Bus is here. Hey. We invited you back. I came back <clears throat> somehow. As soon as you got out of the hospital from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> 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 now, who is babysitting Bus today? That would be me. Oh, you couldn't get David to do it? No, David's busy playing Injustice. I mean, did you try paying him for it? Like, you know, usually you give like $5 an hour for babysitting. I'm not made of money. This is true. Five made of meat. <laughs> did you at least remember to remove all the sharp objects from Russ's immediate reach? Oh, no, there's lots here. <laughs> I just piles of them. <laughs> piles of them. <laughs> you put them in the room the needles I find on the beach. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, just sweep those hyperdermic needle needles out of the way and sit on the floor. It'll be fine. <laughs> I think I saw that in a, a movie, like uh, Saw, one of the Saw movies. Oh yeah. Hmm. Well, what movie did you saw? I saw it. Ugh. 
yeah, that really didn't work nearly as well as I thought it was going to when I started saying it. Much like this podcast. We all saw it coming. And yet, here we are. (sighs) (laughs) So yeah, this is probably the worst point in Star Trek The Next Generation Season 1. Worst than Planet Africa? Well... No one died in Planet Africa. Well, I mean, she, she did, but they brought her back. Yes, um, there's a certain degree of, I mean, that episode's awful, offensive, and all, everything you can say about it, but there was a certain degree of effort, effort, no, effort on the production's part, at least. Oh, okay. Um, Are you saying there's no effort in this episode? That director put a ton of effort into casting only black people for this planet. (laughs) Yes, they did, but uh, no, there is. They did the same thing for this episode, though. (laughs) (laughs) Did they, or did they just put somebody in blackface? Ooh, that is probably worse. It's more than just blackface. And, like, the other thing is, like, does the oil monster ever give his name? Yes. Yes. It was Armus. 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 No, does he give it? Does the oil monster give his name? Yes. This is I'm Armus. Okay. I I must have missed that line. Yeah. Yeah, How do we know that's actually his name? He could be lying. Because oh, I, I just, I, all I got was that oh, everyone suddenly started calling Gamormus, and I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> the credits, <laughs> call sheet, special guest. <laughs> it would, it would have been funnier if Armus never did tell anyone his name, <laughs> and everyone just somehow knew it. <laughs> they just randomly name named them. But evidently, that's also the name of the planet. No, no, no. The planet is uh, not Armus. Okay, the one. Every planet is Vintex too. <laughs> <laughs> um, now they say the name of the episode. I think in the teaser for the episode. Something. It's Skin of Evil. No, the the planet's name, not the episode's name. Oh. <laughs> the planet is named Skin of Evil. Oh. <laughs> no, that's right. No, it's Varga too. Yep, the skin uh, of evil is where all the vitamins are kept. Yeah, it's plant Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder if they're there. No wonder Riker likes it there so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should probably do this. Mickey, do you want to do the thing? I can attempt, but I really wasn't following on too closely because I was in and out of naps. Same here. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just kind of all kind of okay. nudge it along, I think. Uh, the planet is Vagra 2? Yeah, Viagra. Viagra 2. Viagra 2. Not that can be confused with Viagra 1. It's the future. Well, that, that one was a failed planet. It was completely <laughs> no, no, no. failed. It's were... the future, so it's future Viagra. Put a hypospray like... right in your dick. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, there is a big, like, round <laughs> opening in the bottom of a hypo spray where the cartridge gets loaded. You could totally, like... There's a round opening in the bottom of a dick, too. Yeah, but the hypo spray is bigger. Really? Mine's Ooh. star-shaped. <laughs> Scott has the Play-Doh fun factory of penises. Uh, thank you for noticing. Oh All I'm asking is for acknowledgement. <laughs> See, out of children's toys, my penis most resembles the elephant. The elephant. <laughs> elephant. Yeah, no, elephant. Said... <laughs> elephant. Yes. It's 
Mine just looks like Armus. Are this about that public bathroom incident again? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Go again. All right, so the Enterprise is cruising along at impulse speed with its headlights turned off. Because <laughs> they're living dangerously this episode. And why are they at impulse speed? Because the engineering crew is doing something to the, to the lithium crystals. They're like replacing them with uh, Himalayan rock salt or something. Or something. So here's my question. Why even travel at impulse speed at all? If you're in interstellar space, why even move at all at impulse? Yeah, that's like just driving somewhere on the highway by coasting. Yeah. Yeah, it seems really dangerous. Well, they're ex- they're exploring, right? You know, yeah. No, it's kind of bullshit. <laughs> well, mean... they did have to go. They had to go rendezvous with the shuttle and pick up Troy and uh, what's his name? The pilot. What is his name? The pilot. Very important. Officer pilot. Officer pilot. Of course. He was named after an ink pen. <laughs> big Sergeant pilot. Yeah, big pilot. Ah. Okay, that's his name officially now, Big Pilot. <laughs> Yara looks very pretty in this episode. Well, before she... or after she's dead? <laughs> uh, anything you want to tell us, Scott? I, I didn't say I didn't say she looked easy. I said she looked. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to turn to our Playboy spread to have a look. At what the hell was that? <laughs> Who's like unwrapping birthday presents on the podcast? <laughs> Here, let me open no. up some chips real quick. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a bag of, I mean, I wish I had, a, I wish I had saved like a bag of those sun chips back when they, <laughs> you know, it sounded like you were setting off um, firecrackers whenever you opened it. Yep. I suppose I had saved a bag of it that way I could just, you know, pull it out whenever I wanted. Well, weren't they biodegradable though? Wait, what are you pulling out? Wild <laughs> uh, crinkly sack. <laughs> <laughs> Sunscrotum. That's full of corn dust. <laughs> That's because it needs more oil. Okay, so while the crew, the Emperor is limping along, uh, the crew is making small talk, and Worf is telling Tasha all about this martial arts tournament and how he's got five bucks bet on her, so she better fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> You you make that sound so much more engaging than it actually what than it actually is because it's just like even for early next generation it's just the most the most stiff well yeah. uninterested like, uninterested dial uninterested dialogue I've heard I mean well, like, like what, what are they betting credits Space yeah credits. sure there's no money chips <laughs> from poker uh-huh. cigarettes. <laughs> Well, I like how like, Warfare asked her, who's your first opponent? She's like, I'm going to beat up some nerd from the science department. <laughs> Meanwhile, the whole time, Warf is just like, I am confident you could kill any person on the ship with your bare hands. Except me. <laughs> and it makes me wet my basement. <laughs> wow. <laughs> makes my ridges moist. <laughs> it really loosens my spirit gum, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Also, kickboxing? They have kickboxing? Kickboxing in space sounds amazing. Does it? Like, imagine Jean-Claude Van Damme with, like, no gravity. Well, these days, it's about the only way he could get one of those kicks up. 
Ooh. Ooh. Well, he's not Seagal. <laughs> this is true. Fun fact, uh, even in space, Seagal still has weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he created still himself. <laughs> he has his own gravitational pull. He makes pull. his own gravity. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to see Tasha Yar versus Seagal in a kickboxing tournament. Oh, I would pay for that. That'd be awesome. Oh, apparently Worf did too. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's going to be disappointed. Oh, we were all disappointed. <laughs> okay, I so. started disappointed. There's an emergency call from the shuttle where Lieutenant Big Pilot says, Oh no, something's gone wrong. We're crashing into this planet. I just let Troy take the helm for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the Troy maneuver. I swear, she's like a she's like a mosquito with a bug zapper light. So now they've got a problem. The shuttle is crashing to a planet, and they took their engine out, so they can't really get to them. Well, let's call down to engineering and see what uh, Leland T. Lynch thinks. And you know his name is Leland T. Lynch because every time he's on the comm, he has to announce his full name. Yes. <laughs> And you now just... this is engineer. This is chief engineer number what? This is uh, number at, what of the season? Uh, at least the third one we've seen. It's the first uh, one this episode, though. Now, um, now Lieutenant Commander Argyle did appear at least two times. So <laughs> Argyle, yeah, he was named. Oh. Uh, that was the one with the beard. The one looked like JD. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So Picard asked, uh, whatever this guy's name was. Leland uh, T. Lynch. Yes, thank you, Leland T. Lynch. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Spanish for butterfly. <laughs> I don't see how that's relevant, but... Uh, you can actually we need... see Picard do an eye roll every time he, like, announces his name. <laughs> he did, yeah, he does, like, the hurry-up sign with his finger. <laughs> yes, yes, go on, roll, roll, roll. <laughs> All right, so we need a uh, warp engine, and we need it now. Well, I give it to you in nine hours. <laughs> the fuck you say? It was more. I need it in thirty seconds. Okay, let me do it manually instead. That'll be a lot faster. And safer. Mm-hmm. And apparently, it is faster. <laughs> and they just put the crystal in, and apparently, he got it lined up just right on his own. Apparently, there's just no consequence if you skip all of the safety checks and whatever. <laughs> Yeah, the computer yeah, says, it's like, like uh, we need to test this first. It's like, no, we're skipping that. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's just a matter-antimatter stream. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, I mean, I can kind of see where he's coming from here, because if something does go wrong, there's not going to be any time to really worry about it. No, no. I just love how responsible Picard is in the scene. There's two people who might be in trouble. I better endanger every person on this ship to get them. Yeah, a thousand people who live on the fucking galaxy-class Children, ship. too, mind you. Oh yeah. So well, like uh, either sh- either that or the real secret is is that it's just like shoveling coal into a steam engine, <laughs> and it, you just need to get it in there. Yeah, I want to see the faster you get it in there. I want to see the steampunk enterprise where somebody literally has a bin full of dilithium crystals that they're just shoveling into a warp reactor. They're I mean, shoveling trebles into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, that would just be perfect, though. No, that no, that's how they power the uh, the impulse fusion reactors. Can <laughs> you imagine the smell of burning hair they leave as a trail through space? <laughs> it probably smells and deep, how, though. How well, much? Yeah, uh, you can't smell it in space, probably. Yes. 
It's I love how, how much food does it take to fuel those reactors? I love how confident Ken is in science. <laughs> you can't smell in space, probably. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you, you know, here. science fiction, you can hear in space. Yes, the, thank them. you, Ken. <laughs> no, no, I'm convinced. I've become convinced over the years that the sound of the engines roaring as the ship flies by is actually just <laughs> us picking up the subspace distortion from the warp field. Wow, that sounds like the nerdiest answer I think you've ever given to something. I know! No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> You're I'm both right. But, okay, well, let, 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 let me rephrase. That's the nerdiest excuse I've seen him give to something. <laughs> no, it's not. You no. haven't been on the podcast in several months. Trust me, there's been worse. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes, I mean, they've come from you. Oh, Lord. So Leland T. I said Lynch, him, not me. Leland T. Lynch <laughs> finally calls up to the bridge and says, okay, minimum warp drive is online. They got some warp nine engaged. <laughs> no, I, I said minimal. No, no, minimum. And I said warp eight. <laughs> but it worked out. I mean, there was I said no... warp eight, and guess who has more pips on his collar? <laughs> I'm commanding the ship to go fast. Leland T. Lynch wasn't all that concerned, though. He was just like, oh, I said a minimum warp. Oh, well, okay, <laughs> we'll do warp eight. But no, nobody in this episode seems all that concerned about anything. Actually, no. the thing, the it, thing it, it's is, kind of like going through the motions of everything. Everybody's just half asleep. <laughs> yes. So the thing is, Leland T. Lynch knows he's like at least the third chief engineer the ship has had in under a year. He realizes he is completely dispensable, and if he argues with the captain too much, he's going to be the next one out the door. Or in he's the already put in for a transfer, and he doesn't want to screw up his chances. Yeah, no, you're right. He's going to be the next one thrown into the reactor because it's just matter. It doesn't matter where the matter's from. <laughs> <laughs> it can be a de- dematerialized person. But if he's dematerialized, he's not matter anymore. <laughs> he's a he, doesn't, he doesn't matter. Oh, none of this matters. Damn it, Paladin! <laughs> it's it's, it's oh, mind look, over matter. He's not, he's not here. I gotta you know make up for it somehow. <laughs> I don't mind because it don't matter. Oh, well, gosh. usually that's Scott's job. <laughs> hey, Come on, Scott, that hurts. Come on, Scott, Good. the face. <laughs> <laughs> this week on that one episode of Star Trek, Scott and Ken have a Ken off. Palette <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's a Ken off because Scott is the replacement Ken, but we also have Ken here this week. So, like, well, thank oh, God. God. So is it like matter and antimatter? You've got Scott and anti-Scott? Actually, it would be Ken and anti-Ken, wouldn't it? Yes. I bet you <laughs> anti-Scott is like Scott in a church dress and like a big old hat. Yeah. <laughs> big old hat. <laughs> just, just a big hat, because I'm well known for not wearing big hats. So yes, anti-Scott would definitely have a big hat. That is one yeah. of my defining traits as a human being. I don't wear big no hats. hats. Yeah, mm-hmm. They're very small. Like Dromalkas, um <laughs> little tiny it, 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 It's the iconic Scott design. <laughs> I'm it's his brand. Scott wearing, Scott's wearing like a little dreidel. <laughs> How do you wear a dreidel? Bend over, I'll show <laughs> you. <a> little hat. Dromalkas <laughs> <laughs> are the hats. Dreidels are the tops. Oh, okay. Sorry. Wow. What are the bottoms then? <laughs> All right, so they get to the planet and they find the shuttles crashed and buried under crap. So, well, that makes it really convenient to not have to produce an entire shuttlecraft body to Holy shoot shit. with. Shit, this this is the most soundstagiest soundstage to ever soundstage. Yeah, oh, this is, yes, this it is. is. 
Yes, this is their standard planet soundstage. Wow. With the sky made of paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's white paper, too. They just color it with gel lights. <laughs> wow. No, seriously, that's, that's like, the whole thing is painted bright white, and they just color it with colored lights. And the very, very tall rocks so that you don't, so that they don't have to bother making a horizon. Right. No matte paintings right. for us. Koei is furiously scribbling notes. <laughs> no, no, it, that's no fine, Koei has either mountains or buildings. They spent all of their money on Metamucil and printer's ink. No, seriously. That's what the, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's what the black sludge pit is made out of. Before we start throwing, throwing shade at Metamucil, that shit is magic. <laughs> yes, but... If you ever turn a turd to a rocket flying out of your ass at 50 miles an hour, makes <laughs> Metamucil. That makes me worry about Jonathan Frakes later in the episode. <laughs> Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek, brought to you this week by Metamucil. <laughs> if you're full shit. of shit, try Metamucil. <laughs> shit so firm you won't even have to wipe. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew I wanted that. <laughs> Until now. And now you don't want anything else. <laughs> How's Metamucil uh, is lube, anyway? Um, Probably not very good, because the longer Metamucil is mixed, the more it firms up and hardens into jello. There's so a very like, narrow window where you need to drink Metamucil. Uh, so again, th th that makes me worried for everybody that was submerged in this thing. <laughs> Yeah, if they didn't get washed up pretty quickly, it was probably pretty gross. Uh-huh. No, I think we turned the corner on it being pretty gross, but we're jumping ahead a little bit. Okay. Okay, so uh, here on Planet Soundstage, uh, the crew beams down. Uh, they can't beam anyone up for unexplained reasons. Well, there's a force field. <laughs> yeah, but they can beam down fine. <laughs> yeah, I think down they outside. specifically say that the force that... Uh, there is too much stuff in the way of the ship. What? <laughs> well, there's interference, but it stops just where they beam down. It's just a force field. Like, they mentioned a line that it's the debris that's causing the interference or something, which... Seriously? You can beam through entire ships. I mean, why not just blow up the debris? Well, you probably blow up the shuttle, then. Eh. Eh? <laughs> 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 the shuttle's already crashed. Yeah, I mean, it's not getting more broken. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Lieutenant Big Pilot's almost dead anyway, so what is there to lose? It's, it's, already, it's already total. It's not the insurance claim's going to be any better. <laughs> <laughs> I like the damage to the shuttle, too, where one of the nacelles is just, like, laying 30 or 40 feet away from it. Which makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> Big Pilot's the luckiest guy on the episode, because he spends the whole episode just completely knocked out. <laughs> Easy I paycheck. Hope, I hope he was drunk the whole time. <laughs> it was the eighties. He was high on coke. That's probably that's probably why he crashed it. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any idea how much synthol you have to drink to get that drunk, <laughs> or to get drunk at all? Yeah. All right. So the I way bet you Brian's done research on that. <laughs> The way team attempts to approach the shuttle, but they are stopped by some terrible CGI. Um, I'm not even sure if that qualifies as CGI. No, it's, 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 it looks it's, more it's, like they composited it in a shadow. Yes, I, I think they just rotoscoped on top of the yeah, film. That's I think you're that. right. I think so. Yeah. Oh, let's just come on. No, no, they wouldn't rotoscope on top of the film. They didn't do any film editing on this. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that would take time and money. It's it's a really terrible effect. Yes. Is it really but still, the effect? other thing is, okay, the problem is, is that there's this thing in the way, and it's moving, and we aren't stepping over it. So why don't we just beam to the other side? Interference. Well, why not split up? I mean, how stretched could he? How stretched thin could he get? I don't know. He's, maybe he's like taffy. Maybe he just gets. Well, the soundstage <laughs> only goes so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they only have about ten feet in any direction to work with. So they try to move around the black puddle, and the puddle shifts around to block them, which just confuses the hell out of them. Like, what the hell? We can't walk around this puddle. What do we do? No, hold up, hold up, Beverly. We're out maneuver it. They look like a bunch of lost cats. You know what they should have done? <laughs> they should have had the Enterprise beam down some shovel, and then they would just start filling it with sand. <laughs> <laughs> they should have beamed down the other side of the puddle. So we're trying to bury it like a cat turd. <laughs> beam down a, or a, beam down a, something they could use to just beam down some beams or something just to set over yeah, it and yeah. walk across. They should have beamed down Riker's coat. <laughs> So I can throw it over the puddle and the ladies can walk across. There you go. <laughs> M'lady. Alright, so Crusher has had enough of this bullshit. She's just trying to walk over it. But uh, Riker, Riker, stops like, oh, her. Oh. Riker stops her because, well, that might advance the episode too quickly. <laughs> so while they're trying to figure out what to do, uh, the puddle, suddenly, a man. Uh, up from the depths, <laughs> 30 stories high, breathing fire. <laughs> this guy? Yes. Enter Armus. Well, okay, so what I, um, okay, here's what I don't understand. Up. Picard's Just, all like, what's going on down there? Let me know. Like, uh, t talk to me. What's going on? It's like they don't have like body cams in like the 24th century. Well, Jordan no. tried that the one time, but it stopped working, and then they never did it I, again. Actually, well, they, my they wouldn't work because of the force field. Uh. <laughs> See, actually, though, my favorite part of this is um, it cuts to commercial. When it comes back, Picard's narration sounds very chipper. <laughs> Oh yes, this is totally awesome. We've discovered a new life form. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, and then it cuts back down to them like staring it down, and it's just like a look on Riker's face. It's like, oh, <laughs> I love how awkward Armus looks as a costume. Like, th there's nothing menacing about the way he's they, being portrayed. He just sort of just, standing there waddling, like yeah, I'm being it, waterboarded. Help they me! They just drape they just draped the dude in some trash bags and then poured goop on him. <laughs> That's what I Basically, assume. Yes. <laughs> I, I, actually, they didn't ha have any. Uh, according to the wiki, they didn't have any like um, thing for him to any way for him to breathe. So they had to go on a stopwatch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. That's the sound he made too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, because I was very curious what they you know what went into this episode, <laughs> and they just you know ha they didn't have any any anything any. Any kind of apparatus for him to breathe, so they just had to, you know, you know. They didn't even have like a hose. No, <laughs> they just had to, they had, they had a stopwatch. I think like there's some very easy low tech solutions they could have done to fix this, like a hose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Arm, uh, yeah, because no oxygen tank was provided, the scenes of Armus submerging and rising from the pit of black goo were timed with a stopwatch. So who's the poor guy that like got selected for that? Let's find out. Um, it's O'Brien. <laughs> Let's see. There's a. 
Ah, uh, the body portion of the costume disintegrated during filming. <laughs> That's a shame. I wouldn't be surprised if the person that they had covered in goop was right that they had doing the rising up would have been Riker because he'd already be goopy. <laughs> um, several more costumes were ordered from the manufacturer after the first two original ones fell apart. <laughs> wow. Wait, so this is the third Armist they made? Yeah, no, they made three throughout the entire episode. It's like all the pigs they had when they were filming Babe. <laughs> well, they were delicious. I mean, you can't stop when you start. <laughs> okay, so Armis was Mark McChesney. Yes. Uh, he died in 1999 due to age-related complications. Ah. Uh, well, way to bring down the episode. Yeah. Jeez. Also, okay, I'm going to link you to the wiki page for him. I want you to scroll down. Uh, as soon as I find where the Skype window went. I want you to scroll down, and they have pictures of the two appearances he had in the show, and I just, you know, I want to see what you think is similar between them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um. Well, they really didn't like this guy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, so like, it describes that for both appearances, he had to wear heavy prosthetics and costume suits. No, they just put, like, quilts over him both times, and one time they covered it with oil, Ken, you know? Ah, oh actually, Metamucil and ink. <laughs> did they well, like, oil. It's very did specific. They least, like, did they at least let him breathe on the second uh, on the second <laughs> No! <laughs> oh, God. Poor guy. Andy died of AIDS. Oh, God. Interquote. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, AIDS is funny now, though. Um. <laughs> According to okay. South Park, it is. So, uh, Armus has risen up, and Riker says, uh, Hey, can we get by there? We need to save some people over uh, there. The, cause... the, the Armus concept art looks a whole lot better. <laughs> There's Armus concept art? <laughs> oh, why didn't you tell me sooner? They squirt ink on a page and say, There it is. <laughs> It's like a Rorschach cast. <laughs> I or, see. Originally, bullshit. he was a muck. That's much better. I can muck see. Better? I can see why they didn't go with that, since that would have been a lot more prohibitive than you know covering a guy in Metamucil. Oh yeah, that actually looks threatening. Yes. In a Pokemon kind of way. <laughs> yes. Oh, so it's you know a little bit Pokemon, a little bit Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> and the other one. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. Yeah, I like the second one better. That's some like HR Geiger shit right there. Yeah. Looks like the uh the final boss for uh uh Shadow Rider series. I'm not sure if there's enough phallic imagery to be HR Geiger, but um... There were three mouth holes on the headpiece designed in such a way that fingers could easily be inserted to clear the actor's mouth from the black goo. <laughs> I think I've, I've seen that video. Oh. <laughs> I got your the black second one looks right like here. some kind of monster from an old '80s Genesis game. <laughs> like, shouldn't Alex Kidd be stomping on his head or something? <laughs> Either that, or it's like it's you know a great leader from a show, a writer series. Yeah. Of course, in that uh, case, it also have to be like sculpted into a wall. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about Armus's dialogue? 
Okay, let's see. According to Michael Westmore, the goo was water-soluble uh, menthol material, and the ink was water-based. Wait, so the ink was not oil-based? Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my whole life was a lie. <laughs> Wait, so it's water-soluble and water-based? But apparently it disintegrated the glue on the costume. <laughs> that must have also been water-based. I guess. If it's water-soluble and water-based, wouldn't it like, dissolve itself? That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Michael apparently... has been unable to find an explanation for the disintegrations, as the goo was supposed to be inert. Yeah, but apparently I don't know eggs. what else was in it, in Westmore, because it caused <laughs> the glue in the costume, very strong shoe glue, to undo itself, and the costume would fall apart. But the operative part of the sentence is, I don't know what else was in it. <laughs> so, like Pizza the Hut, he ate himself to death. Sort of. Rest in Pizza. Pizza the Hut. <laughs> anyway. Oh, right. There's an episode to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, thanks, uh, Ken. I tried to get back on track, and y'all just keep going. So, Ken, you can't hurt cats. No, no. Hey, boss. Um, yeah, he has probably the worst dialogue of any character in Star Trek. Well, I don't. Some of his dialogue is fucking fantastic, but it's. It's okay, still bad. But so Riker says, bad. "Can we get by? We need to have a crew." You don't have to give me a reason for it. Uh, well, because we believe that all life is precious, and this, we we believe in protecting it. No, that oh, reason sucks. Fuck that's off. not good enough. <laughs> so you make it sound so much better, Mickey. <laughs> and he's like, you can leave now. And then the Riker's got looks on the face like, what the fuck? <laughs> How could everyone not react to that? <laughs> We're the good guys. Oh, but now it's time for the most pointless and senseless death in Star Trek. Now, there's a few things you might know you might not know about Tasha Yar. Really? Really? Tell us, oh, boss. Oh, boy. She's, she's actually from a colony that was completely failed. Like, it was completely uh, failed. Like, not even partially failed. No, no, completely <laughs> failed. Uh, like, completely, well, how do you, how do you know if a colony is completely failed? You're supposed to ask how failed was it. Yeah, how, how failed, failed was, was it? it? Well, they had rape gangs. Oh, shit. Wait. That doesn't that sound so like the type of trauma that would cause you to fuck a robot. <laughs> <laughs> like on Twitch? No, no, Android. He's an Android. He's not a robot. Same difference. <laughs> data, data, what's the difference? Also, so, Arm, Ar Armus calls him Tin Man. Uh, did, did Armus watch The Wizard of Oz? I kept wondering that! He keeps sticking to just that as well. well Data's 40% tin. <laughs> By volume. 40% dolomite! How does Armus know that? How does Armus do anything or know anything? He is Armus! <laughs> I'm gonna blame the oil. He's just got a lot of free time on his hands. Okay. That's not all he has on his hands. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure we're ten minutes into the episode, and and that just shows you how bad it is. This is a point when Tasha dies horribly. Yeah, so like Tasha dies like immediately for just like he just waves his arms like no, you die. But and then she just like, flies off like a ragdoll, and then Beverly gives the most like deadpan. She's dead. <laughs> She's dead. Okay, now here's something I do kind of love about this episode: how it completely throws a swerve with tropes or cliches. Like, so Beverly says she's dead. It cuts to commercial. 
oh shit, they killed a crew member. How are they going to bring her back? So after commercial break, they come back to like them doing medical stuff with Sigma with Tasha. Hook her up now, to wires. Get also, the well, also note that after he kills Tasha, uh, Data and Riker immediately take out their phasers and just start shooting. After Riker did this like holier-than-thou speech about we believe in all life is worth preserving. That's very important to us. And then they, we, just without thinking, they just pull out their phaser. They don't even know peace. if she's dead. We come in they peace. just pull out their shoot phaser to kill, shoot to kill. We come in yeah. peace, shoot to kill. <laughs> I mean, it's Riker. What do you expect? Yeah. That is just falling along. Riker toes the company line, but when it comes down to it, <laughs> he, will, he will kill your ass. <laughs> He's a rebel, Dottie. Hello. I mean, if Artemis had taken the form of a chair instead of a person... <laughs> oh, he, he would have just straddled him. Straddled him. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it, he wouldn't have been Artemis. He would have been Legus. No. Uh, no. Oh. no. Why am I here? <laughs> no, no. Now, what if there were two Artemises and one of them was a table and the other was a chair? Then that would we're be so cute getting... we'd be having a lot more fun. I was about to say, you know, <laughs> It'd be a lot better. What if, okay, so what if Armus was a fancy dresser? Would he be Armoris? Uh, um, Armoris. Oh my god. What if Armus was a uh, Zelda enemy? He'd be Armos. What if it was a Switch game? He'd be Arms. Oh. I was just about to go there. <laughs> what if he was a war? What if he was a warrior from the Ottoman Empire? Um, we're a lot too dumb for that, right? <laughs> You're gonna have to allow it. I'm afraid. Got the. You don't know what an Ottoman is. Uh, oh God. Uh, oh. <laughs> See, I thought, I thought, I thought it was good. I thought, for some reason, I gave him too much credit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was you should never be, do that. I thought it was going to be a lot more than yeah, that. Yeah, either but, uh, Ottomans don't have arms. We either underestimated bus or way overestimated. <laughs> well, not with that attitude. <laughs> I'm not sure what she's leaning into. Or are we even trying? So, we're never okay. going to finish this episode. So they're, no. They're, okay. They're, so they're where was I? The Ottoman, and then uh, Dick. Van Dyke trips over him. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> Tasha, can they try and bring Tasha back to life? They've hooked her up to okay, the yeah, so the, the commercial break, she's dead. After commercial break, she's in sick bay. She's got the strawberry jam marker on her face. <laughs> and Dr. Crusher's doing all these mickle things. Like, you know, give me 30 cc's of fuck it all and give me <laughs> zapper. Zapper again, harder. Are you sure, Crusher? That's too much. What the hell is on zapper her again? Face? Strawberry like, jam. This is she like, got a face tattoo, like Mike yeah. Tyson. <laughs> yeah, so this is like all classic, like, bullshit TV drama shit of where they bring someone back from the dead miraculously. And, like, the rest of the crew is just sitting around kind of bored, just waiting for her to come back, wake uh -huh. up. And then Crusher turns around and says, she's dead. Everybody really does look bored in this episode. And Picard turns around like, what the fuck? Is that supposed to happen? <laughs> this is Star Trek! Nobody's ever died before. People don't die in this. They, Why they die in the movie and come back setup. the next one? Star Trek. Nobody Nick dies. You cut commercial break into a resuscitation scene. They stay dead. That's not how TV works. 
also this thing that they move over her head just looks extremely clunky like you would think it would like come down from the ceiling or something but it's just like two guys that just like wheel it over yeah they're like grunting like to wobbling. push this heavy equipment <laughs> <laughs> keep in mind they spent they spent all of their money on three cost on three costumes made of plastic bags and metamucil so <laughs> Uh, here's one thing that I've noticed about this episode. And ink. There isn't really a B plot, is there? No. 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 Well, okay, there's there's like an A and a half plot, which is Troy and the shuttle talking to Armus. That's pretty yeah. much that's pretty much all you get in terms of secondary plot. Well, they kind of start one at the beginning because they're talking about the kickboxing tournament. I wonder if that they just kicked if there was a B plot planned and then when uh these Crosby is leaving there like, okay, yeah, we'll, no, we'll just, just go. It wasn't yeah. just Yard that died. The B-pot was murdered. Too. <laughs> <laughs> that was a senseless and tragic loss. Yes. I wanted to see Star Trek kickboxing. The other thing I like in the resuscitation scene is like, okay, Crusher hooks the stuff up to her, puts her on the jumper cables and everything, and, you know, the the readouts on the wall come up, and Riker's like, oh, hey, she's fine. No, you, you did it. She's no, safe. you dumbass. I put her on life support. Who's the doctor here? Why are you yeah. here? <laughs> There's no chair for you to straddle. <laughs> but there is a woman for him to talk over. <laughs> like There's just absolutely no tension in this scene at all. Like there is not. Just the only one trying to like act urgently to try to save her, and everyone else is just like, uh. See, I, the, the bad thing is, like going through the scribe in this episode, I feel like. If somebody was listening to this without watching the episode, they would it would sound like an episode that might actually sound compelling, but it's not. It's no. just it's just the driest, most. Pretty much everyone is phoning it in. Yeah, like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. The more what, this episode goes on, the more you kind of realize they had to throw together this entire script together in a hurry to get rid of someone who was quitting. Yeah. I hope that's their excuse. Oh, and this is also the last season one episode that uh, Will Wheaton's in. Yeah, who cares? What a shame. <laughs> for this season. Yes, this season. Just for this season. There's only like two episodes left in this season. This is before he bought Ken, oil your chair. <laughs> I thought somebody was going out the screen door. Whoa. Yeah, he was still following me on Twitter at this point. <laughs> So speaking of the half plot, uh, Armus is having a conversation with Troy in the shuttle pod, and we've already forgotten the Lieutenant Vic Pilot exists. Who? Exactly. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> I've forgotten. But the important thing is is that Troy's mood lighting is on point. <laughs> it certainly is. It's right under her heavily mascaraed eyes. Her hair is a little disheveled, but her lips look perfect. Blush is nice and sharp. She looks beautiful for a car wreck survivor. <laughs> <laughs> that's, actually, that's that's the look I go for, you know? It shows. Oh. I want a nice yeah. smoky eye to blend in with the smoky wreckage. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the Poor other thing I want to know. Is there a reason that she can't leave the shuttle? Like, doesn't the back, don't the backs on these things open? Maybe well, her legs the, are broken. If you get them drunk enough. The shuttle is without power, and the power locks don't work without the battery. Oh. Uh, the feature! Where's the light coming from? 
This was before Ch- they figured out how to like implement em- emergency release hatches. <laughs> those are yeah. those are gas lights. She's burning Lieutenant Big Pilot's body. <laughs> yeah, it's like an oil. Yeah, she's the oil from his body. <laughs> I love that he's got to spend his this whole episode with his face like smushed against the panel. <laughs> I said he easy paycheck. <laughs> yeah. So Troy and Armas have this long, boring conversation uh, that basically just sort of goes nowhere. Yeah, I don't even remember the context of it. It's just basically uh, it's, it's time filler. It's time. They're filling time is what they're doing. Yeah, Armas taunts Troy, and Troy says, "I feel your pain. It's, you're not going to get satisfied from this shit." Yes, I will. No, you won't. <laughs> basically. He's Troy, very uh she, basically basically Troy's speaking role in this episode is just to give Artemis a chance to monologue. Yeah. Yeah. Also for just assassin. Well, I mean, the only point of that though is just to like there otherwise wouldn't be a way to get any like thought process on Artemis. Like you wouldn't understand his motivation I such still as don't. It, such as it is. <laughs> uh, you know. Do we ever Meet the alien race that apparently no. created him by no. like oozing no. him out because it's not named. Well, there is a theory that he is a byproduct from the changelings. There's always a theory. Yeah, because I mean, Th- there's true. no fact for that, but Man I mean, boys. they're kind of similar. I could kind of see them being related. The wiki says that according to the Star Trek Encyclopedia. Armus was created by the people that used to live on Viagra 2. <laughs> That's the canon reason, but... but I could really see the changeling shitting that thing out <laughs> and getting all cold okay, like that became. What if the changelings are just, like, another version of the Armus process? Like, some other race shit them out, and that's why they're all, you know... <sighs> Yeah, that's right, yeah, Ken. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> smack, smack, smack. I can actually hear him put on the little nightcap with the little fuzzy ball at the end of it. Now, what I don't get is, how is this a, okay, the evil coalesced into a dark and vile second skin? Why is it a second skin? What's the first skin? Yeah, how do we know the aliens had the skin? skin. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they take the, the first skin off okay. for religious reasons. <laughs> That's good. Move on. <laughs> Ken seems a little sensitive about foreskins. When did foreskins are very. No, it, it's more just like, I don't think we can top that one. So just move to the next scene. They, they oh, don't ever say it's a second one. skin, do they? It's just a skin oh, of evil. You wouldn't. <sighs> All right, so uh, up in the boardroom, Picard is having a pout meeting of saying, all right, I know we're sad, but fuck off. We got shit to do. Uh, Worf, congratulations, you're promoted. (laughs) Um, (laughs) One of the only things I actually like about this episode is that when they're going back down, Worf is is like like self-aware enough to know is like, if I go down there, I'm going to try and murder that thing. So I'm going to stay up here. Yeah, this is more as... um, Worf says, I ain't going down there. The last year, Chief got killed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm or that. Like, no, I will say. Or that. His I will first say assignment is, as uh, Chief Security Officer, and he's like, mm, his first <laughs> I will say his first suggestion as Chief Security Officer is actually listened to. Yeah. 
Oh God! It's you know, it's it's the token, the token gesture from the captain, like you know, welcome to the new job. Don't get used to this. <laughs> you get one <laughs> <Yeah>. freebie. Um, <laughs> also, I took Worf's whole thing here is like, oh shit, what if the captain's testing me? Uh, no, I better stay up here and coordinate. Well, yeah, he yeah. doesn't want to go there. He doesn't want to die. He's like, uh, i got to talk to the union first. <laughs> you can't make me do this. I, I haven't even filled out my insurance papers. Yeah, this new position, I get like a pay raise. I mean, i got to do... Okay. I've got to see if I can get my bet back from the pool on the kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm still wearing a red uniform. I am not going down there. <laughs> uh, it didn't help Tasha. So instead, they take Jordy with. I can't go down there. I'm still going to get Tasha's uniforms let out so I fit into them. <laughs> Wharf in the skin. Woo. Okay, I guess I applied too much motivation to that. So. <laughs> Alright, so. The faithful crew beams back down, but they brought Jordy with them. Because they need somebody in a red shirt that's not right. For some reason. Well, they think, you know, Jordy could look at it and figure something out. Guess what? Nothing comes of that. <laughs> yeah, and no, Jordy, also- like surreptitiously scans it the most obvious way he possibly can. <laughs> well, he probably holds binoculars up in front of his visor. He's got opera glasses. Yeah. Stare. <laughs> Stare. Also, Data is fucking useless. In this episode, yes. Yes, the thing is, like, Data should be totally immune to this thing. It's all about emotions and, and suffering and evil. It's like, Data could just walk through them. What the hell? Well, no, I mean, imagine all that Metamucil getting into his circuits and stuff. That he can't go mad. will be fine. Well, they keep asking them daily data. What is this thing? What you know? What can you tell us? And he's like, uh-huh. I don't know. And he's like, Well, uh, like theorize. And he's like, I uh-huh. guess, I guess it's possible that you know it could be alive. It's a, it's a thing. It's I mean, thing. you know, he's like, I know it's what it's not. It's black and shiny. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, no, no, we're not talking about Worf. <laughs> all right so the dialogue happens for a while and armas agrees to let crusher talk to troy as you do in hostage situations well she is a doctor you know because she said he's a doctor so crusher asks troy if she's okay and she's relieved that she is and she forgets that you know lieutenant big pilot was in there too they never even asked about him no, yeah. they didn't. <laughs> well, his name's not in the opening credits, so... Jordy sneaks out from behind Riker, too. That's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, posted love, it, like, comes creeping out from behind Riker like a scared child. Hello! <laughs> so they go on a bit, and, like, Data says, oh, our tricorders can't detect shit. But... I love how Armas goes, perhaps your instruments are useless, and like the strings <laughs> attached to the tricorders fling them up into the air. Yeah. <laughs> and Jordy's got, uh, wiser. That's yeah. some real, like, credence shit. That's, that's so and perhaps bad. your instruments are useless. Well, yeah, we just said they are. <laughs> so we get some scooby no, nonsense I Jordy's Thelma bit, where yeah. he's, like, searching around the ground for his glasses. That's hilarious. I could watch that all day. <laughs> And don't help him. Data <laughs> proceeds to help him. Hey, come on, come on, Velma. You can do this. <laughs> it's like 
Jordy, you can move your hands around quicker than that to try and find your visor. You're sort of wiggling like you're playing piano in front of you. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like you like searching for something like really f- small and fragile, like contacts, but yes. it, 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 it's his visor. And you know, if you think about it, if you were going to design something like a visor that's only ever going to be used by a blind person, wouldn't you design it so if it becomes disconnected from the person's face, it would like beep or something? Oh, no, that'd be no, rude. that's stupid. Yeah, you have to set it to vibrate when you're in public. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And there would be have to be a way to turn it off, at, to turn the beeping off anyway, because he takes it off when he sleeps. Does he? Yes. You just have to live with it. I mean, we've, seen him take it, we've seen him take it off. Uh, well, we've seen that it's off when he's in bed. That's why Jordy never hooks up with a woman for more than like one time because I can't sleep next to a giant radio tower blinking this red light in her face. All night. <laughs> <laughs> that presumes Jordy ever gets that far. Well, yeah. yeah. Jordy only dates holograms. <laughs> Safer that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where the hell this episode is at anymore. <laughs> Neither so Jordy, do I. Help, Jordy help. gets his visor back. They, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Dana's only point in this episode is to basically frustrate Armus. Armus and uh, Deanna talk a bit more, and then Riker gets dragged into the Metamucil. Just because. Oh, that's right. Because somebody had to. Poor Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get that weird shot of like a mannequin head like dripping in the goo. I love that. It looks kind of neat, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's the, um, it's the main image for this episode on the memory alpha too uh-huh see if it was me it would have just been one of those shots of tasha flying back while she's being killed <laughs> oh, it's a good visual yeah it just it doesn't make a lot of sense as to like why the goo is doing that like physically i mean yeah it's well, a totally rad visual i mean it's Creepy as all hell, but I see where Mickey's uh-huh. coming from. Well, he's doing it to scare the rest of the crew. I mean, that's yeah. That's this guy's mo. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to, you're supposed to just pretend that's Riker's face. It doesn't work because crew just looks at it like, huh, that's a thing. They <laughs> <laughs> look at everything well, in this episode. Oh. But then the weird thing too, like when it comes back from commercial, Armus is draped over the shuttle again, so it's like. Where did Riker's body mass go? Subspace. I guess. Front trailer. <laughs> oh, look, there's Wesley. Oh, hi, Wesley. So him and Worf has this theory that uh, some kind of energy field drops whenever Armus sits on the shuttle like a, a blanket. They're not really quite clear on what that actually means, but they're pretty sure it means something important. So, if what I take from I... this is that Troy is upsetting him, it's making his mental resolve or whatever weaken well, She's him, making so... him confront the, uh, you know, what's wrong. So, fi- so finally, it's finally, finally, Picard says screw it and goes down to confront the pool of Benamusel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Picard finally has enough. He's like, fuck it, daddy's got to fix this. <laughs> And then, like, the rest of the episode is really just Picard talking to a puddle of goo. I guess at this point, Picard figures, okay, it's eaten now, so we're probably safe. Then <laughs> 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 no, Data's like, you know, no, 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 I'm pretty sure Riker is alive. 
Yeah, Picard comes in and goes, ha, 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 you ate number one. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to eat number two? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you like that? Like bastard. Classically trained Sir Patrick Stewart Make it talking do. to a puddle of Metamucil <laughs> and ink. Make it do. <laughs> Shakespearean actor. Sir Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yes. He was Professor. Well, we all know Shakespeare never did anything body. No, no, no he never of did any kind not. of scatological humor at all. No, 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 no. Never. He didn't write whole plays about farts. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the original fart joke. Yeah, I've seen Twelfth Night. Dude was fucked up. <laughs> um, so then he, uh, Armas, I get it. This episode. Armas makes Data pull his phaser on, well, everybody, and himself. They go round, round. Yeah, Armas is I a little bit where off. I fell asleep. I don't remember any of this anymore. Armas is a yeah. little off target here, because, like, he makes Data point the phaser at somebody. He's like, so how does that make you feel? I'm going to make you kill them. Well, you dumbass, Data doesn't have any feelings. <laughs> so, so, so then Data goes, this, this is one of the things I do like, like Data goes to watch a route, he's like, well, it's not me that's doing it, it's you. <laughs> and, no, and it points at Beverly, and it's like, no, it's still you. And points at Jory, no, it's still you. Points at himself, no, 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 this is pretty sure this is still you, I'm not doing this. <laughs> How does it feel to know you're about to die? Huh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they can't muster up any kind of urgency at all. No. no. <laughs> so, so finally, Picard just tells him, I was like, everybody else, just get the, get the hell out of here. Go. Go. I'll take care of this. <laughs> Leave the Metamucil to me. <laughs> I need it more than you. <laughs> oh, and at some point, at some point, they provoke him into spitting Riker back out. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I, guess, I, guess they, I guess that is important, technically. Well, that's one thing. No one could swallow all of Riker. <laughs> well, the thing I, is, I wish too, they... like they keep they keep pushing. Like we need to see our people in the shuttle. We need to see our people in the shuttle. So Armas is like, okay, you want to see one of your people? Here, have this one back. <laughs> it, this feels, one like, one, like, like the entire exercise of of him engulfing War Riker is kind of pointless. <laughs> yes, I think Riker should have parted there. Make come up. Just just to get Picard down there. What, Mickey? Riker should have been farting in there to make bubbles come up. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you can tell. Let him know he's still alive. That's how you can tell the Metamucil starting to work. <laughs> I, I wish that Riker had been spit out with his full beard on at this point. It's not his beard. It's just little remains of the goose. <laughs> it's just getting all the oil off. So, you know, he uh, gets rolled out onto the beach and gets covered in Metamucil and sand and Crusher comes and wipes his face and is like, oh good, he's he's gonna be just fine. <laughs> Riker's probably thinking like, oh fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so you know, Picard sends them all off. And then uh, he finally gets, you know, Armist to let him into the shuttle. So instead of like going through the trouble of, you know, you know, Patrick Stewart walking over there, getting into it, or uh, no? They just he just transports him cheaply into it. Yeah, instead of taking the time or expense to like show him walking across the set, or, or having to enter it yeah. in any way, or having to show it from you know any angle besides the ones that they built. They kind well, of you know, also Armas can't Armas can't breathe under there. They're, they've got a strict time limit. 
<laughs> they got to get him in there quick. They also <laughs> sidestep the whole logistical issue of why can't Troy open the door and leave? <laughs> yeah. And Troy gives Picard some um, psychological bullshit that in other words, he can't focus when he's angry. <laughs> yes, of course, you know, like a person almost. <laughs> Almost as if that's a natural reaction of a. Of a it's know, almost like this is creature. an intelligent, sentient being. The card actually does take the time to check on uh, Big Pilot there. He's alive. Yeah, he's alive. Okay, well, we'll just, won't, <laughs> we'll just focus on you now. <laughs> Maybe it would have been easier if they just decided that, you know, Big Pilot was dead from the start. <laughs> yes. See, yeah. but then they would have had two uh, crew members die. It was a completely failed away mission. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're limited to one death per episode. I forget, is this where he has that I am evil moment, or is that early? No, that's here. Yeah. (sighs) (sighs) It's like, okay. Even Picard's just like, even Picard's just like shaking his head like, okay, no, this, this, this. This can't. We're just, just we're the fact that he goes, I am evil, is okay, no, you're just lonely and one attention. <laughs> just an asshole. And, and, and Picard's just shaking his head like, like, like a dad is very disappointed by his child. See, Picard's Star Trek is great day. about predicting the future. Here they predicted Twitter. <laughs> oh, I was, oh, was going to say Tumblr. Ooh. You're not evil, <laughs> you're just Tumblr. Respect my... <laughs> you're not evil, this is Tumblr. <laughs> Picard's just having a bad day. He's already had to deal with Leland T. Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> His security chief dying. Now I've got to go get... down and talk to this Metamucil. <laughs> he has to go down and talk to Metamucil Twitter. And he gave and he gave the Klingon a Klingon promotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's only like uh, half a Klingon promotion, because if it was a true Klingon promotion, Worf would have killed Tasha himself to take her job over. It was a completely failed promotion. No. I don't and then it lasted him like seven promoted. years. <laughs> then Picard just basically, you know, talks, talks uh, Armas into submission. Yeah, so he kind of continues Kirk's legacy of talking computers to death. Picard can <laughs> talk sentient beings to death because they're just tired of listening to his voice. Picard talks Metamucil to death. The, the subtitles on the subtitles on Netflix as I'm scrolling through this, it just it, the last thing it says for Armas is just wailing and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but they transport him and Diana out, and then yeah, basically just, the whole rest of the episode is Picard standing there making Armas more and more infuriated. And and then when they get back to the ship, they just launch a torpedo. And, That's the best yeah. part. They just just one final fuck you. <laughs> Just so he can't leave. Yeah, that's, like, a, that's the thing. Like, like, no officially on his face. Officially <laughs> in no... a log, Picard <laughs> says that they're firing a torpedo to destroy the shuttle to prevent any chance of him escaping. No, they're just fucking murdering him. Yeah, it's like he has no re- he has no emotion on his face, and for once, that's the only part in the episode where that works. <laughs> they are. I don't know if torpedo would actually do anything. Well, I mean. It's They're certainly... making sure he doesn't leave by just murdering him. How how often do they just launch a like torpedo to the surface of a planet? I Not mean, frequently, no. Um, no, it's got to do some damage. But like <laughs> the, the shuttlecraft excuse is kind of bullshit anyway, because as we established earlier, 
at least one of those engine cells is just flown off the thing. That's not going to get off the ground again. No, it's not. In fairness, those are warp nacelles. Only they don't need it to like impulse power. Okay, for well, warp. good. Let Armus take that shuttle up at sublight speed and see if he ever gets anywhere. <laughs> well, he's probably immortal, so that's it's right, just a waiting then, game from here. Yeah, How immortal is he immortal enough to, ta- to tank a tor- photon torpedo? <laughs> that's the question. Also, like Picard wanted to find out. <laughs> plus, that shuttle's going to run out of power eventually. Honestly, that, that feels like one of the like, most, like, Kirk-like things Picard ever did. <laughs> well, let's see. We wouldn't need life support, would he? He's just goo. No, He's but I mean, goo. when it runs out of power, the engines aren't going to work anymore, whatever engine it has. You know, what's more likely than him using the shuttle to leave is using the shuttle to call for someone to come get him. Yeah, maybe. Distress but, call, come save me. He he he. The other I, thing, I too, like is the... that the episode seems to imply he caused the interference that led to the shuttle crashing in the first place. Yeah, because Picard was like, I don't think this is a coincidence. So, I mean, unless the torpedo did take him out, there's nothing to necessarily stop him from doing that to anything that comes within his, you know, range of influence again. So they just murdered the shit out of him. (laughs) And they just made the planet, and I assume, a radius around it off-limits. Yeah. Uh Respect all life. Nuke it from orbit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let it be sure. Now, I do I, like when they finally do the uh, the memorial for Yar, how they walk into win- uh, Windows 95 background. <laughs> it's only 1989. No, that, that's CXP background. All right, look here, you. Windows 95 background was just green. Windows 95 was just clouds. They couldn't even bother to go outside to film this. <laughs> Well, yeah, it so was they, rainy that day in Southern California. Yeah, so after we finished <laughs> cleaning up the Metamucil, they threw some AstroTurf down on Planet Soundstage and you know, got back to work. So I also like how, how Riker already has his arms around Troy. He's like using her grief as a reason to like, you know, <laughs> mac on her. Hey. He's probably, he's probably stuck to her because he's still got good. <laughs> <laughs> good so I, I want to talk about the speech that Yar had prepared. So... Like, was it a smart speech? Did it know which people were in the, the holodeck? <laughs> then yeah, was, I, was, I was thinking, it's like, you know, for uh, a high-ranking officer to have died, this is an awfully small funeral. <laughs> no, she hadn't even been there a year. <laughs> Nobody from security showed up to mourn her. A single one of her employees showed up. Just, Only just her replacement. So, does, does she have to record this every single day? Because this is yes. awfully up-to-date. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Is, is that like Star, Starfleet protocol? <laughs> Every time you go for an away mission, yes, that's what you have to do. You have to record your... Uh, oh, thank you God, for here we go again. A ...tournament. And we're just like, that should have happened like minutes before she died. When did she record this? One time, somebody just gets tired of it and says, I have a car, go, like, go suck a bag of dicks. And then they die. <laughs> Well, see, what you don't know is, like, every time they go through the transport and the buffer, you're still conscious, so you record this as you're transporting down anywhere. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's why she's translucent. Yep. What if this isn't her words, though? This is just, like, the computer, like, piecing together an AI of what Tasha might say. I We we know the computer can do that. Yeah. God, she already probably made, a, made one up already. L cars, piece together a moving tribute for Tasha for me. <laughs> Make sure Deanna cries. 
Make sure to mention how this is all her fault for crashing the shuttle. Wait, wait, did you pay attention to what she said to uh, Deanna Troy? She's like, thanks to you, I realize I could be feminine without giving up anything. <laughs> what? Huh? Like my what? masculinity. <laughs> huh? What? I'm, lady. Pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> sure she gave it up to Data. <laughs> no, I don't think she did. I think she had a strap on with Data. <laughs> Well, you know, whatever works. I don't think Data was the top in that. Maybe it wasn't even like, you know, her strap on. It's just like she took Data's off and strapped it onto her. <laughs> and she's like, oh, here, wow. give me that. Let me show you what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> you fuck yourself, Data. He Literally. Made, he made the point to, like, say that he is fully functioning in every way. So how would Data's penis come off? I imagine you'd, like, spin around like a, a, a crank handle. And it comes on left, uh, uh, lefty, righty, right, lefty, lefty, tighty, righty, Lucy. You need an Allen wrench. Yes. <laughs> There's like a set screw at the base. Yeah, yeah. No, like no, you put the Allen thing. wrench in the uh, urethra. Yeah, you sound with Ooh. it. Oh, okay. oh dear. No. <laughs> I like how we I both went to the same place. And they make an attempt at, you know, some like deep pathos with data at the end there. And instead, it just kind of makes him look selfish. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, I don't even, uh, I'm so confused by this. Like, all I'm thinking about is myself. <laughs> I'm like, good. like, good job, data. Good job. You... <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, guys? Come on. She's not even, co- she's barely even cold. <laughs> Data's always been cold. <laughs> oh, that's Tasha. Oh, wait, you can't. <laughs> Do you think his dick feels like a like a cold salami? I don't know. Computers tend to get warm when they've been running. I bet data. Oh. Has, I bet data has climate control. Oh, yeah. his balls are full of thermal paste. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have like you know, um, you know, liquid cooling? He's got liquid something. Oh. We're the best Star Trek podcast. <laughs> it's the worst show. <laughs> it's the only Star Trek podcast will talk about sounding Data's dick. <laughs> With an Allen wrench. <laughs> well, goodbye, Tasha. This is a pointless and meaningless episode. <laughs> yes, it is. So who do you think? Oh, that's won about the- his podcast. Um, <laughs> who, do you, who do you think won the kickboxing tournament? I know. Um, I know that science officer that she was going to beat up. Yeah, when Tasha knocked out yeah. the competition, he just you know came and swept it. He just won by he's won by default. Yeah, Worf just got fucked. He yeah, had Worf like you know, ten of bars of gold press latinum on this, and now she's dead. <laughs> so he automatically loses. That's the worst thing that happened in this episode. That is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> It was a completely failed episode. <laughs> and then Picard speaks French because he's a big Frenchy, French he French guy. English accent. When did yeah. he speak French? Au revoir, Natasha Yar. Oh, okay. Au revoir. Was he trying to rhyme? Au revoir, Natasha Yar. Au revoir. Au revoir, bye bye. Hasta la rape gang. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
a heartbreak gang, yuck. baby. That should be an intro quote. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but but Boss doesn't have intro quotes. I know, but just paste it in. Put, make it like a, a stinger to the end of the episode. After <sighs> just, the credits. Just let somebody else say it. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know how we would handle Giga Beetle intro quotes, right? No. Just and, and then the intro quote. Oh, here's why this episode sucked. Executive producer, Gene Roddenberry. Oh. <laughs> this was Gene Roddenberry's idea. He thought it was a good idea that, like, the uh, security officer should just die in a very mundane, like, everyday death. And they were like, oh, okay, you yeah, know, let's, let's do that. Uh, he's, the, he's the great bird of the Apparently galaxy. Apparently it may have been say. his lawyer who decided that it just be a mundane death. I think it is rumored that his lawyer was rewriting episodes or something. What? Uh. That's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, let's see here. Uh, but at the time, several rumors had been surfacing that Roddenberry's lawyer uh, was rewriting a majority of the season's scripts, an illegal act in terms of the writer's guilt policies. According to one script, according to one source, he was responsible for the dismal manner of Yar's demise and wanted to be sure that Roddenberry's story ideas were enforced and that Yar's death happened as a matter of course during a dangerous mission, despite the differing views held by various writers involved in the story. The mission wasn't dangerous. <laughs> in the end, there were uh, considerable there was considerable controversy among the show's staff regarding this death. Some thought that it was uh, clinically manipulative, while others uh, felt that a swift death made. Uh, sense to avoid sentimentality. I can't have sentimentality in a TV show, I guess. Oh, God, no. Especially on something space. like Star Trek, it's all about humanism. And space, yeah, you yeah. can hear you cry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Be cold and indifferent. Oh, God, I'm so glad the next generation like gets Data's better penis. eventually. <laughs> <sighs> That's why Data's the hero of this episode. No, I think it, Armus was the hero of this episode. No, Leland T. Lynch is the, the hero. <laughs> of this yeah. Can, can, can you imagine if the if, if the entirety of Next Generation was like this? Ugh. Well, uh, no, it would have lasted one season. Been, we, we wouldn't have Deep Space Nine. <laughs> no, actually, I it can't. did last one season like this. No, actually, actually, I can imagine all of TNG being like this. They called it Star Trek Voyager. Ooh. 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 Could you imagine if the entire never... podcast was like this? Honestly, I think there. Uh, here's the bad thing. I think I think there is more um, effort and production value put behind Voyager than this. Now, in fairness, Yar never died in Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> they That's never true. killed Yar in Voyager. I kind of love how in Next Generation, though, they brought Yar back just to kill her again. Off yes. screen. <laughs> and then they brought her back again. Kind she, of. She played her sister too, and like her mother or something, or her daughter, her half Romulan daughter. No, she didn't, she didn't play her uh, sister. That was somebody else. Ah, but uh, yeah, she did play uh, Sela. Yep, because she was still playing for another acting role. She's still playing Sela. Desperate what? for another acting role. <laughs> <laughs> so why did she leave the series? Is that? She was a rising star, and she didn't want to be held back by this Star Trek nerdy bullshit, oh, I guess. Oh, that's right. She wanted to uh, be a movie star. Yeah. How'd that work out? <laughs> she was in Pet Cemetery. Well, she was... She... Did she yeah. play the cemetery? Admittedly, <laughs> Pet Cemetery is pretty rad, so... Right, but did that have anything to do with her involvement? Not I'm specifically. 
but she didn't hold it back. Oh. Yeah, but she was back by season three. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> you're thinking of Crusher. What? No, no, Yark. Uh, her her actress was back by season three. Was it? Was yesterday's Enterprise season three? It was season three. Oh, I thought it was four. Okay. But no, uh-huh. it had to be season three because um, no, I, I no Redemption was season four. Is Benelli? Uh, so she was in Jackie Brown. Huh? Really? Well, at least you got at least you got to do an episode with um Leonard Nimoy, I guess. <laughs> I mean, she was an uncredited role as a public defender in Jackie Brown. Huh. How yeah. great for her career! Uh, at least, like bringing her back for for uh, yesterday's Enterprise was like an interesting thing to do. Yeah. Oh, she was in Lois and Clark. <laughs> you know, With I Doctor Quinn, Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, Diagnosis, Murder, Senseless Murder. <laughs> 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 Diagnosis, meh. Oh, she was in The Walking Dead. And Law and Order. Also meh. Which Law and Order, though? Law and Order LA. So, yeah, meh. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, she was on LA Law. With Corbin Burnson? She likes yes. playing lawyers, apparently. Apparently so. <laughs> Family Law. NYPD Blue. The Drew Carey Show. X Files. You're just naming off shows now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading it's from her Wikipedia page. The Price is Right. <laughs> Sesame Street. What a funny. Breaking Bad. You can't do that on television. <laughs> Don't lie to Science Guy. Maximum PI. <laughs> the Flintstones. <laughs> Street Blues. Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> Keenan and Kel. <laughs> she Not played Kel for one season. <laughs> she played Kel for one season. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody noticed. <laughs> she was in Xena Warrior Princess. Uh, she was Callisto's stunt double. <laughs> oh God! What? Wow. Um. Damn. I, man, I love Callisto. Yeah. She was one crazy fucking bitch. Yeah, it was so hot. Which one was Callisto? The, 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 the blonde-haired evil one? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Her face, like, you know, I eat nails and babies. <laughs> yeah. She was kind of like Harley Quinn before Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Except she bit. was technically after Harley Quinn. You know... <laughs> <laughs> technically, technically correct. <laughs> <laughs> Before Harley Quinn would get so fucking overdone. How about that? Oh, she was in The Walking Dead. I just Harley said... Quinn was in Walking Dead? Oh, um, uh, Yars Actors. Denise Denise Cross. Cross already told us that. I oh, just, sorry. like, listed off about... Were you Ooh, I, that, that, that one just flew right over my head. This episode has that, has that effect on me. I'm sorry. Well, Talking it's okay. The podcast, the <laughs> There's really not much going on there. She actually wasn't in Xena. I just made that up. <laughs> wow. Uh, she wasn't in Walking Dead either. You just edited her Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at IMDb, though. Well, where do you think they get their information from? This is what she looks like now. Well, she's doing better than Kess. <laughs> uh, yeah. At least Denise Crosby still has all of her teeth. And hair. 
Yeah. She also slept with Data. <laughs> Not Yar. Denise Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brent, put on the makeup. I'm coming over. <laughs> and, and the contacts, too. That's right. <laughs> I want to see Brent Spiner and Anthony Daniels do something together. Like what? You sicko. I don't like a two-man show. <laughs> something involving an Allen wrench. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! Um, <laughs> Never tell me the odds. <laughs> Shit! Wow! <laughs> well, I'm never gonna be able to put together IKEA furniture again without looking a little weird. <laughs> I'm glad I already did that this weekend. <laughs> How many parts did you have left over? Uh, I had some of those weird, like, I had four of those weird, like, nut screw things were used to tighten around pegs. I had four of those. Uh, Those those big meaty pegs that go on things. I don't know. Well, well, we did it. We did Skin of Evil. We all survived. None of us died this entire episode. Okay, out of the group who's on now, who is is the Natasha Yar of this group? Ken. I'm sorry. Yeah, sounds about right. Time to die. Yeah. Ken's going to die. Natasha Yar would have like a Russian accent and be complaining about moose and squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Natasha? Oh, uh, what are we watching next, guys and gals? And whatever bus is. (laughs) Bus. Uh, An (laughs) auto-American. He's Volkswagen. <laughs> a Volkswagen American. It's kind of jumbo, but not quiet. <laughs> oh my god. What, you don't like my German accent? I'm <laughs> 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 yeah, pretty sure Brent Spiner and Denise Crosby fucked at some point. It was like, like you know, pretending it was for rehearsal. Yeah. Uh. 80s, it's crazy. So what are we watching uh, next week? We don't have anything on the schedule for next week. Okay, now everybody yeah, wants now. Yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, we should probably, watch... Hmm? probably watch Star Trek. Probably a good idea. Let's do more stupid original series things. Yeah, I'm okay. kind of thinking the same thing. I just don't have an idea. What's the one where Lincoln's in it? Yeah, Space uh... Lincoln. Space Lincoln. It's Lincoln! Uh, oh, the Savage Curtain. It's the third season episode. Well, it'll be oh. stupid then. <laughs> I love how there is a memory alpha page for Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> of course there is. Well, yeah, what he did was you expect? Star Trek. Well, I mean, what else would you expect? So, okay, in Netflix, this is this is the synopsis. Kirk, Spock, Abraham Lincoln, and Surak are pitted in battle against four notorious villains from history. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Kirk, Spock, and Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and Surak. Like, like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, okay. Like, Meta, like Metamucil and Pritter Inc. <laughs> Can you say no to this image? Of course not. Oh god, wow. yes. Lincoln on the viewer. This ought to be good. Okay. In space. Gonna... Yes. Also Vulcan wardrobe. Oh, that's fantastic. 
can't even tell where his skin ends and the costume begins. I know! <laughs> the USS Enterprise is honored to have you aboard, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> what the goddamn fuck is a spaceship? I like how he's just sitting on sitting in a chair in space. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's like Thanos. <laughs> Damn, Surak was hot. That's a handsome man. Look at that guy. Zoom in the Surak. Oh, so their first choice for casting Lincoln was Mark Leonard. Who's Mark Leonard? Uh, Sarek. Yeah. Oh. Which would have been then the third character he played on the show, because he was also the Romulan commander in Balance of Terror. Yeah. Well, you know, there were a lot less people in the world back in you know the late 60s. You know, they only had so many actors to choose from. <laughs> How many of them died from AIDS? Uh, at, least, <laughs> at least one that we know of. <laughs> God damn. Heavy. <laughs> okay. So, uh, huh, I see the remastered version uh, made the uh, planet a lot less red. No, it probably yeah, made it well, look like a planet. Anymore. The red okay, red Ken's, Ken's gone. Now we can talk about him. For a change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, normally we respect him, but... The planet is less red? The, what, the planet we were just on? <laughs> the Viagra? Uh, the security guards wear weapon belts constructed of white Velcro. Uh, here is... Where'd the window go? Here's another possible episode to do at some point. Oh, yeah, definitely. What is this one about? Spectre Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, Velvet. Dr. McCoy, Scotty, and Chekhov are forced to reenact the gunfight at the OK Corral in Tombstone as the team that lost the gunfight. That's oh, a classic. Lord. Yeah, that one's terrible. That one's a classic. <laughs> I'm leaning against that one just because I fucking hate westerns. Western. And I love Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's our first president. You better respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he invented the Civil War. He also Andrew died. Jackson could have stopped it, though. <laughs> it was the good Civil War, though, not the bad one with Captain America. <laughs> the good Civil War. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, the one where the good guys won. <laughs> oh, boy. So, the Savage Curtain next, next week, right? Yes. Okay, because I'm going to bed. As opposed to the Savage Garden, which is... <laughs> Good night, Fort Max. Good night. Good night. Good night. Do, do I come back for that one, or am I getting Tasha'd? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tasha'd aside. <laughs> Tasha'd Tasha's out. That was her nickname on her planet. She grew up with the rape gangs. Hey, you want to go? Uh, want to go pick on Tasha salad again? It's a salad, but the dressing is this black metamucil crap. <laughs> it was a completely failed nickname. <laughs> Terrible. I like the jigsaw puzzle tattoo she got towards the end. Yeah, yeah. what? It was like it looked like a birthmark. Look a big like port stain. It looked that like was shit. some washable Crayola marker shit. Old burgundy color from the eighties. They put a blob of gack on her face and it stained her skin. 
<laughs> and she couldn't get work after that. Ah, good old Nickelodeon Gak. Remember when it first came out? It was a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. and I still don't know why. I, I think it's just because Nickelodeon was so big at the time. I guess mm-hmm. Nickelodeon could put out literal shit, and it would be uh, it it would sell. Play do. Yeah. Flom was stupid. So was Gak. Gak was terrible and stupid. <clears throat> Flom wasn't even fun. It was just kind of a mess, wasn't it? Yeah. Look, it's what? sticky styrofoam. Yeah, it's like, what do you even do with it? I mean... Get it every fucking where? <laughs> in, your, in your eyes, up your nose, up your ass. What if, what if it was useful, though, was green slime shampoo. Oh. Useful for what? Washing your hair. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so exactly I, st- I still remember how that shit smells. What, mm. if, what if Armus was just phloem? Well, I think the uh, actor would have still died. Of, <laughs> <laughs> <have>, like, cancer. Instead <laughs> of AIDS. Died of super AIDS. <laughs> Space what if, AIDS. What if, Space Armis, AIDS. what if Armis was made of asbestos and not Metamucil? <laughs> That's what the phasers didn't work on him. Fireproof. <laughs> Planet, Planet Mesothelioma 2. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the oceans left. I think Armus should have been made out of it like an oozinator. <laughs> yeah, I would rather see him like just shoot goo at them instead of like pull Riker in. What if Armus was made of jello? There's always room for Armus. Yeah, they're I mean, delicious. Let's <laughs> use licorice flavor, and that would have sucked. They just beamed down a bunch of spoons. <laughs> what flavor would Armus be, though? Uh, licorice? Black walnut. <laughs> Black walnut. Black walnut. It'd be all bitter. He was. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of the whole point of the episode. <laughs> He was literally the condensed negative emotions for an entire race. Yeah, he was a little he was a little bitter. <laughs> like can of condensed back? orange juice, only it's black. Right. So condensed black juice. Yes. Whoa. Yes. Oh, you mean like Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> Sammy Davis. Black <laughs> juice. <laughs> like if you put Sammy Davis Jr. in like a press. Uh, like, like Lenny Kravitz? <laughs> no, if it's Jell-O, it'd be, he'd be Bill Cosby. <laughs> What was he doing to Riker in there? <laughs> he made oh. him a drink. Yeah, he was unconscious. <laughs> Who knows? Nothing he didn't ask for. Well, you know, Armis did say in the dialogue if Riker would just submit, the suffering would diminish. <laughs> oh, Tasha went down so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, you missed all the fun. No. I was gone for six minutes. <laughs> yeah. Those six That's minutes were better than the whole rest the of the show. Yeah. I don't doubt it. That's all the fun we can muster in two hours of doing a podcast. Is that six <laughs> minutes you were gone? <laughs> I don't doubt it. Six minutes is like 30 minutes on Planet Viagra. <laughs> well, the last time we did two hours, <laughs> Yes, you get two hours, 
but you blow your load in six minutes. <laughs> oh, so wow, you're saying six, six, six whole minutes? minutes? That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you were having sex near the speed of light, it would take longer because of time dilation. <laughs> yeah, space, space, space sex, so. Yeah. Dilation is usually a problem when I'm having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Not time dilation, just in general, huh? Eye dilation. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Data fuck Tasha Yar in 12 parts. <laughs> <laughs> Parsecs is measured. <laughs> <laughs> Never tell me the odds. <laughs> oh, we got a tent pole episode down. Yep. The ten ball episode, huh? Yeah, brought up Data's urethra. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, they had a different episode. Yeah. Do you guys know any Tasha Yar facts? Oh, I, gosh, I know that she's, she's dead. Colony. <laughs> she, she's actually from a completely failed colony. I think I just said that, boss. <laughs> it, 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 is this the end of that joke now? Like, no. does it stop me? It's no, it's no joke. She, it was a failed colony. Right, it was completely failed. <laughs> very serious. Uh, actually, <laughs> there were there were rape gangs. It's it's a very very serious situation. <clears throat> they also had these little flying insects that they called mariposas. <laughs> I think that's Spanish for butterfly. I really don't see how that's relevant. <laughs> what do you mean it's not relevant? That's exactly what we were talking that's about. A, yeah. That's exactly what it <laughs> translates to, though. Yeah. <laughs> All I right, think so we should invite Bus back for uh, the episode where uh, Dr. Pulaski takes off all of her makeup and looks really old. <laughs> we, do need to do some, we do need to uh, get some Pulaski episodes in here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm and very think, pro Pulaski. Yeah, we know. I You're think we should actually do at I'm some pro point. We should do at some point uh, the child. The we should the do child. the child. Uh, <laughs> yes, the child. <laughs> do the child. Okay. Just as a group of, you know, four or five grown men, we yeah. will. All right. Do the child. Yes. <laughs> Officer, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about the episode is it's fucking stupid, but it's not as stupid as it could be. The child? Yeah. That's tr usually true of children, though. <laughs> not children. The child. child. The child. That episode could be way worse. Yeah. It is a Pulaski episode. It's a Troy episode. It's also an episode where a like conference table full of men sit around and decide what's going to happen to Deanna Troy's body when she becomes pregnant. Ooh. That sounds fun. Well, those men are also her superiors. Yes. <laughs> Well, I mean, you, if you she was the captain, it. she could decide what happens to her body. <clears throat> right. <laughs> and that's the part of joining the military is other people get to decide what happens to you. Mm hmm. Like, you know, murdering you by splitting you back into two different people. Or sending you down to talk to a puddle of Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only Worf had gone down there. Pretty sure he would have kicked its ass, right, guys? <laughs> right, guys? Warf always wins in fights because he's so strong. <laughs> yep. Warf Clean on the warriors. Warfo just walked up to it and, like, unzipped, you know, from his neck all the way down. He peed in it. 
<laughs> Worf would just like recite Klingon poetry. I don't know what Klingon you're on. It's like cloudy. It's green. It's ridge. I just brown. I bet it's steamy. It's got ridges. <laughs> it's full of stones. <laughs> Klingons have gizzards. <laughs> they swallow rocks so they can digest their food better. What's like, look, the kidney stones? They just piss them out, no problem. Just blood and stones and piss. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a problem, but they're Klingons, so they don't complain about it. Yeah. Right, right. That wouldn't be honorable. Right. They have the most honorable pee. <laughs> <laughs> honorable pee is my rap name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really need to talk about your rap career a lot more in the podcast. <laughs> oh God, I can only imagine. My rhymes are hot fire. Hasta la rape gang. <laughs>